Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, it's Emma and Maggie and welcome back to another episode of Love Ya Bye. Today's guest is a functional medicine dietitian and women's health specialist. She has her own amazing website and podcast and we're so excited to have her on the show. Emma and I also both have personally worked with her in the past, so I'm super excited for you guys to meet Jillian Greaves. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Thank you, we're so excited. We have so much to talk about with Jillian and so many questions for her that you guys all sent in. But first we're gonna start off with our peak in the pit of the week. And this is our weekly tradition where we share the highest and lowest moments that happened to us this week. Emma, do you wanna start off? Sure, okay. Um, My peak this week was probably, I feel like I had a really good weekend I didn't really do much like I feel like this last weekend I was just very like relaxed chill relaxed it was nice I like having relaxing weekends because there's like during the weekend you don't obviously work so I like shut my work off and just completely just relaxed which was nice to do and then I don't think I have a pit. That's okay. Other than it's a little bit chilly today and last week it was like 80 degrees so that's a little bit weird but it's okay. Other than that everything's great. Good. Jillian you can go next. (laughs) So my peak of the the week was um, we me and my husband were in sunny Charleston, South Carolina, where we actually just uh, bought a home, which is really exciting. Oh my God, Um, congratulations. Thank you. So yeah, that's a big peak. And we were down there um, on the beach and that was really, really nice uh, to have a little change of scenery. And the, the pit of my week is that I am packing up packing up my apartment um, as we're getting ready to move. And I think uh, moving and packing in general is just a a pit. <laughs> yeah, it's I feel like it's very stressful and overwhelming, but then it's like once you're done, it just feels so good. Like a weight is lifted off. Yeah, and it's a good time to like purge and get organized, so that part will feel good. Yeah. Yeah. My peak this week, I think is that I have just been feeling a lot more organized with the spring. That's, I mean, hopefully it's coming soon. We had nice weather last week, but I feel like I just got super organized and I started like cleaning out my closet and my drawers and just like getting rid of things. And I really feel like when you feel called to get rid of stuff, it's like you're letting go of like old energy and making room for new things to come in your life. So I feel like that has felt really good. And then my pit would probably be that... I just have been feeling so tired and I think it all has to do with the weather because I felt so motivated last week and I had so much energy because it was so sunny and warm and now it's like gray and cold again. So I just felt really tired this week so far. But other than that, everything's good. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So... Jillian, you are a functional medicine dietitian and women's health specialist. What does that mean in terms of the help, services, and education you provide for your clients? Yeah, so that's a, a great question. And what this title really means is that um, the way that I work with women is through taking a root cause approach. So in our current healthcare system, when women are struggling with symptoms, say things like acne, PMS, bloating, or constipation, they're often dismissed by providers or they're just offered a Band-Aid solution to you know, suppress those symptoms. And in the work that I do, I'm digging a little bit deeper and actually helping women to identify and heal the root causes that are driving the symptoms in the first place. So really understanding the why or why are these symptoms happening? And in terms of um, you know how I do this work with women, this really involves um, using things like advanced testing, supportive nutrition therapies, um, lifestyle strategies, and supplements as the first line of intervention for really uh, bringing the body back to balance. Um, and it's really my mission to help women get back in the driver's seat of their health, um, to feel confident in how to support their body, how to eliminate symptoms, and really to be able to like show up in life fully, um, you know, without restrictive dieting and, you know, restrictive plans. I love that that's your approach to everything because I feel the same way. I feel like nowadays you go to the doctor if you have any sort of symptom and they just prescribe you medication and just give you something to like cover up the symptoms that you're feeling without actually like getting to the root cause and something that I feel like we have always kind of like been more on like the supportive side of just healing like naturally because I feel like with food and supplements like you are able to help your body so much more than you realize and was there anything that inspired you to become a health a dietitian and health specialist like how did you even know that this is what you wanted to do and how to start out in this field yeah so great great question and you know originally when i became interested in nutrition and you know becoming a dietitian i had a family member so i was a i think i was a, a sophomore in college and i had a family member that um was sick and was working with a dietitian at the time who was 
was really, really integral in his healing process. And that was kind of the first time that my eyes were open to really the healing power of food and supplements and lifestyle. So that was kind of what got me started on the path to becoming a dietitian. And over time, um, I just got, you know, deeper into this space and, um, Eventually, I actually dealt with some of my own personal health issues that really motivated me to um, go deeper into the functional medicine world. So getting trained to do that deeper root cause work um, and really to support women and to specialize in women's health. And a very long story short, I was on birth control, hormonal birth control for like over a decade and um, started experiencing a lot of really unpleasant symptoms that I didn't understand despite feeling like I was doing all the things and eating healthy and exercising. And when I started to learn more about, you know, birth control and female physiology and functional medicine, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, there is such a massive um, gap in our current healthcare system in terms of the way that that women are supported. And I experienced that firsthand. And my health journey spanned over uh, many years in terms of, um, you know, doing a lot of self-research, you know, getting more training and, you know, eventually getting to a place where I was able to eliminate the symptoms I was experiencing. But I felt like, you know, this is really my calling in terms of providing women with the support that I wished I had had when I was struggling on my own health journey. Because we have worked with you personally. You are amazing at what you do. And I feel like nowadays I keep seeing, especially with like TikTok becoming so popular, I see a lot of people talking about just symptoms that they're experiencing because they have gotten off of birth control. Like it's so popular right now. I keep seeing it all over and I just feel like there is so much that comes from it that you may not even realize. So I am excited to like talk about that a little bit today. Hi guys, we hope you've been enjoying our podcast. So I know we've talked about our health on the podcast before, both physical and mental. But did you guys know that the key to a healthy mind and healthy body actually starts in the gut? We are huge fans of Ritual's new product called Symbiotic Plus, a clinically studied pre, pro, and postbiotic specifically made to support a healthy and balanced gut microbiome. There's nothing worse than feeling bloated for no reason when you're already out with your friends, fully dressed up, and suddenly your stomach starts hurting and you just want to go home and change into sweats. That feeling is exactly exactly why Ritual created Symbiotic Plus. We love this product because it's a three-in-one daily capsule that provides immune and bloat support while boosting gut barrier function. So if you're like me, it's kind of annoying to have to take a handful of pills, but I love Symbiotic Plus because it's just one capsule that I can take morning or night and it's packed with tons of amazing clinically proven ingredients to support my gut health. There's no refrigeration needed, so it's super easy to take while you're traveling. Plus, it's designed to go directly into your colon, not your stomach, which is actually the place for probiotics to grow and thrive. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. There's no more shame in your gut game. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash loveyoubuy to start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. You primarily specialize in supporting women with PCOS, hormone imbalances, and like digestive health and could you go into detail about just like what those things all like mean 
because I feel like it's thrown around so much, like how to heal your gut and how to heal your hormone imbalances and PCOS. But it's like, what do those actually mean? That's such a great question. And, you know, hormones and gut health are so important and they're definitely having having a moment right now. And everyone's kind of you know, talking about them on social media, which I think um, is a double-edged sword in that, you know, I love that these things are getting attention, but there's a lot of misinformation out there. So in terms of um, PCOS specifically, so just to kind of speak to that first, so PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And this is a hormone and metabolic condition that impacts um, an estimated one in 10 women and maybe more. So it's like super, super common and it can lead to a lot of unpleasant symptoms like irregular um, or totally absent cycles, um, issues with hormones that can drive things like cystic acne, head hair loss, unwanted hair growth, um, fertility challenges, um, uh, shifts with weight. So that's kind of the, the PCOS piece. And I support a lot of women with PCOS in my practice since it's super, super common. And to speak to kind of the hormone and gut piece specifically, so with hormone imbalance, um, essentially we have a variety of hormones in our body, um, sex hormones, stress hormones, blood sugar hormones, thyroid hormones. And when things are out of whack internally, hormones respond to that. So hormones themselves are rarely ever the problem. Usually there is something that the hormones are responding to. And this could look like um, acne, um, anxiety. Um, it could manifest as um, really miserable periods. So like significant PMS, um, heavy periods, you know, multiple days of the month where you just don't feel like yourself or you're, su you're super symptomatic. Um, and with gut issues, um, the gut impacts the body systemically. Um, but when we think about gut issues, we most often think about like digestive issues, right? So constipation, loose stools, bloating, heartburn, GERD. So those are some of the common things that we think about. But the gut also plays a really big role in things like skin health. So if there's imbalances in the gut, we can see that show up as acne eczema, dermatitis, rosacea. Um, the gut really impacts our brain and our mood and mental health. So we can see things like depression, anxiety, other mood disorders. So there's a lot of different symptoms um, that you can kind of pack into gut issues or hormone issues. And ultimately, everything is very connected in the body. But I would say that the the biggest things I am seeing in the um, types of symptoms that I am supporting um, with women really involve issues with the period, um, issues with their um, thyroid, and a lot of skin and digestive specific symptoms. What would you recommend for people who are experiencing some of what you talked about? Like what would be the next steps for you to recommend how they should like start their healing journey? Because like it's yeah. so hard. I, like what you just talked about, like I have had cystic acne I mean it's cleared up a little bit over the past few months but like I just experienced it out of nowhere I went from having like completely clear skin since the last time I worked with you and then it just like came out of nowhere and there's just been like different things that have gone on so yeah what would you recommend that people like do as a next step 
Great question. So the first thing that I would recommend any individual do if they're experiencing any of these symptoms that we're mentioning, um, acne included, is to start with the fundamentals. Start with the basics because I think in our world, um, we are uh, often falling victim to like shiny object syndrome where we're like, oh, this you know person is taking this supplement or they're you know trying this potion or plan. And we end up kind of missing the forest for the trees. And we really need to build a supportive foundation first and foremost with our nutrition and lifestyle um, to get a sense of, all right, how are we feeling when things are actually well supported? So we've talked about this a lot. You guys could probably like teach a class on this now, but um, step number one with supporting the gut and hormones, in my opinion, is balancing blood sugar. So um, focusing on, you know, meal frequency, eating consistent meals throughout the day, um, and also meal composition. So making sure that we're having really well-rounded meals that contain a protein, a starchy carb, veggies, healthy fats, um, and keeping that blood sugar stable throughout the day. If blood sugar is imbalanced or we're kind of riding that blood sugar roller coaster throughout the day, it is going to be impossible to uh, heal the gut or hormones. So I'd say focus on the basics with nutrition, making sure we're eating enough. Um, something I see so often in my practice is women that are just under eating. And oftentimes it's unintentional, right? So they're not even maybe aware that they're under eating. Um, but under eating is a significant stressor on the female body um, and it can really dysregulate hormones. So balance blood sugar, make sure we're really nourishing the body um, and taking in enough energy from food. And then thinking about some other fundamentals like our sleep schedule, um, you know, and if there's any opportunities to make sure that we're getting enough sleep and that sleep timing is appropriate, focusing on things like eating hygiene. This is like the least sexy thing to talk about ever, but um how you eat actually really significantly impacts your body's ability to digest and absorb nutrients from food. So, um, you know, paying attention to how quickly you're eating, if you're chewing your food thoroughly, um, if your body's in a stressed out state when you're eating, um, and just making some small tweaks to make sure that that foundation is really well supported before like diving into to deeper interventions yeah and just being like super mindful I like noticed today I was eating and I was like multitasking and on my phone and I'm like wait I like should not be doing this at all because this isn't gonna help um and what about like testing because I know I did the test called the Dutch test Emma you did oh <laughs> I know you did something like super intense because you had like really bad stomach problems yeah where I was just always bloated so I did that the Dutch one too and I also did a stool test okay which was like but I feel like your bloating like has oh, no, no. completely significantly yeah. decreased and like you still know. I'm like I still am fine yeah yeah like I'm I'm good now <laughs> So um, the test that you guys are referring to is it's a stool test, a poop test, essentially. Um, I do GI map stool testing in practice. It's a very humbling experience to have to do a, a, your own stool collection. But um, it provides a lot of really comprehensive data around 
you know, what's going on with microbes in the gut, you know, the balance of bacteria and fungus and yeasts. Um, and it also helps us to assess, you know, your digestive capacity, you know, inflammatory markers, all sorts of, of really great things. And the Dutch test that you mentioned is my favorite hormone test. It's really the most comprehensive hormone test out there. And what that looks at is um, your sex hormones, your stress hormones, and how they're actually being, you know, broken down and, and processed in the body, which can give us a lot of really uh, valuable information. And um, as both of you have uh, experienced in um, our time working together, we focus on the foundation first, right? So we build that supportive foundation with the blood sugar, the sleep, the nervous system, the eating hygiene. And then we bring in this deeper data to really understand the why. Why are we experiencing, you know, these chronic symptoms? And we can use that data to bring in, you know, supportive um, nutrition interventions, targeted supplements to really help bring the body back to balance. And it's very effective, especially when you have that solid foundation in place. Yeah, it is. We were just talking about it earlier. Like I remember I used to have to take so many different supplements. Like we had these little containers when we would travel and it would be like, eight different oh my gosh, vitamins. Yeah. I mean, you had so many of that drink that, that you yeah, had to drink. I had to drink like this like little mix that was brown every morning and it tasted like but so But I weird. just feel like it really like truly helps so much to know exactly what is wrong and exactly what you need to take instead of just like going online and hearing people say, oh, well, I have this symptom and this is what I do for that and this is what I take. It's like, there's so much information that it's like nice to narrow it down and like really focus on what your body needs. I always tell clients that um, it reduces a ton of stress and it's so validating to get that clarity, to understand the why and to not just be, you know, guessing and, you know, trying random interventions, hoping that something works. Um, and it saves a lot of time, at, you know, ultimately in terms of having a clear plan. And the goal, too, is not to be on, you know, um, all of these supplements long term. Really, most of what, you know, we used and what I use with clients um, supplement wise are therapeutic. So what that means is we're using them for a shorter period of time alongside the diet and lifestyle interventions to really move the needle. But we want to get women to a place where, um, you know, they're maybe taking some foundational things that support their body, but they no longer need um, those other therapeutic supplements and their body can kind of sustain all the improvements that they've made. Yeah. And also, what are some like misconceptions and misinformation that you've been seeing online about hormone imbalance and digestion that you think is important to clear up? Because I feel like a lot of people say like you need to be gluten-free or dairy-free and just saying like, oh, don't eat eggs, don't eat this, don't eat that. Like, I feel like there's so much. Is there anything that you like want to clear up? Oh my gosh. Where, where do I begin with this one? I could go on about this for sure. So I think to your point, one of the, the biggest problems I'm seeing is the focus on elimination. So, you know, the fixation on, okay, I must remove X, Y, and Z food in order to heal my gut and hormones. Um, is it possible that someone is, you know, sensitive or intolerant to dairy or has a sensitivity to gluten? Absolutely. Yes. However, um, the elimination of foods should never, ever, ever be the first line of intervention. I always tell clients that if 
anyone recommends that they eliminate a food or a laundry list of foods before they've built that supportive foundation and without having test data to support that, that's like a massive red flag in my opinion. Um, no one is gonna heal their, their gut and hormones coming from a place of restriction and elimination. So what we really wanna think about is nourishment, right? Um, how can I nourish my body and bring things back to balance? And what we are often doing um, in practice is actually liberalizing people's diets. So helping them to like bring foods back in. Um, and the goal is to really eliminate symptoms and to have the most liberal diet possible at the end of the day. Certainly, again, if there's outward things that are aggravating symptoms, maybe, you know, you you pause on those temporarily, but using the gut and food sensitivities as an example, if someone actually is experiencing or developing food sensitivities, at the end of the day, food is not the problem. The environment that food is going into is the problem. And what we need to do is heal the gut so we can bring in more foods. We can be super liberal with the diet because we know that that dietary diversity is so key for supporting, you know, a healthy gut microbiome. Um, so the fixation on elimination is probably one of the the biggest problems that I am seeing in, you know, the social media world and in conversations around gut health and hormones. I agree. I feel like I experienced all of these symptoms that I had never had before after I cut out so many things. Like I remember this was like four years ago. I stopped eating dairy completely because everyone was saying like, it's so bad for you. And then I got really bad cystic acne when I went dairy free and I was eating like very plant-based. Like I stopped eating all animal protein and same with you. I yeah. feel like I had so many problems and I feel Me like it's too. just been like crazy since then. So that's a common one too with, you know, um, going fully plant-based and it's, I very much believe in, in bio-individuality and every individual is unique in terms of what's going to make the most sense and be supportive for their body. But to speak to what you mentioned specifically about, okay, I cut out the dairy, I cut out the animal products, and now I'm getting all this cystic acne. Um, when we don't have enough protein and enough quality protein in the diet, um, typically that has a big impact on blood sugar, right? So then we're riding that blood sugar roller coaster and that directly um, stimulates, you know, sebum production and it can drive some imbalances with hormones that create that cystic acne. Moving on from like food and all of those things that we just talked about, what are just some things that are your favorite to do to unwind and just reset after you've had like a busy day? Because like you talked about before, a lot of it has to do with just like your life overall. And I know like stress levels, what we've talked about before, that has a huge impact on just the way that you feel. So what are some of your favorite things and like things you recommend to reset? I, I love that question. Um, and, you know, I will highlight again, you know, the, the nervous system and stress plays such a big role. If there's a lot of dysregulation there, it's going to be hard to see, you know, true, true progress with healing symptoms. Um, and for all of us just in the world that we live in, nervous system support, stress management is very much an ongoing process. 
So for me um, personally, I really like to kind of focus on the bookend. So like how I start and how I finish my day, um, which really has an impact on the nervous system. And I would say currently my favorite ways to kind of unwind at the end of the day are um, weather permitting, taking a, a nice walk outside. So getting fresh air, just some like really gentle movement um, and listening to some fun music or like a great, you know, podcast. And then um, in the evening, I really like to shut screens off um, about 30 to 60 minutes before bed um, so I can do a little bit of uh, pleasure reading. And I'm also a big fan of uh, Nervine teas. So teas that contain um, herbs um, that help to calm the nervous system. Ooh, what are your favorite teas? So I'm a huge fan of, um, and this is a, a brand you can find at a lot of uh, grocery stores, uh, Traditional Medicinals. Um, they're a great quality um, tea company, and they have a nighttime or like nighty night tea that is super amazing, and it has all sorts of great herbs like you know chamomile and lemon balm and valerian root. Um, so I would say that's a favorite uh, currently. I need to get that. Yeah, me too. I need to get back into the routine of like drinking tea, not going on my phone, and just like really unwinding because I feel like it does really affect like stress levels and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard in the world that we live in um, and it takes, you know, a little bit of intention and just like building new habits and you know everyone um falls out of those habits sometimes myself included so i'm i'm always like revisiting things and you know kind of working on my supportive routines too so you're you're not alone there yeah and i swear like when you are looking at like all the things that you should be doing like it can be intimidating for people at first but then once you like get into that routine and you feel how good that it makes you feel like after you make those changes it's almost like addicting you know like you want to keep like doing it every single day yeah and what would you recommend for people who are like looking to start off just like a simple routine that they can do if they're just dealing with um some of the symptoms that you've talked about just like maybe like three to five things that they can start off by doing yeah so I would say and again, these are not going to sound like the sexiest or most exciting things, but those are often the the most impactful. So I would say first and foremost, um, start your day with a really well-rounded breakfast within the first hour or two of, of waking. Um, that breakfast is what is going to anchor your blood sugar and anchor your nervous system for the rest of the day. We actually have data that's found that women that skip breakfast or skimp on breakfast produce much higher levels of stress hormones in the afternoon and throughout the rest of the day. Um, so anchor yourself with a really supportive, well-rounded breakfast in the morning. I think that's a great thing um, to focus on. Um, something else that I think can be really powerful is, and this is kind of a, a habit stacking situation, um, is before meals, maybe just take a minute to pause, check in with your body, and consider taking a couple really slow, deep belly breaths. Um, so this is an opportunity to kind of get the body into a more relaxed state or to activate that kind of rest and digest branch of the nervous system. Um, so it's kind of like a little stress outlet for the body, and then it also helps to to improve how you're going to, you know, digest that meal, um, which is really nice. And then the two other things I would mention would be um, 
if possible, getting a little bit of sunlight and maybe some gentle movement in the form of walking in the morning. If you can't do it in the morning, maybe it's at another point in the day. Um, But sunlight is medicine. It's so, so important for our hormones, our circadian rhythm. Um, So that's an important one. And then lastly, protecting phone-free time for yourself, um, especially at the end of the day. So we can, you know, really kind of calm down that nervous system. And you don't have to do all those at once. Um, I would like choose one that feels relevant for you and just start to explore and experiment with what feels good and create a habit around that before moving on to the next habit. I swear this sunlight in the morning like really does change your life. Like I noticed the days that I like bring out my dog in the morning because my boyfriend and I switch off. Like he'll bring them out in the morning and then I'll bring them out. But the days that I do and I just like feel the sun on my face, I like I like I just feel so different throughout the day. Oh my gosh. Like just it, it getting makes a huge difference. It does. So the the sunlight when we get it into our eyes, and it doesn't have to be for a long time. You know, you can pop outside for five, 10, 15 minutes and um when we absorb sunlight into our eyes, particularly in the morning, it um, basically, it, it's a big regulator, again, of, of circadian rhythm. So kind of how our body is operating um, internally, but it stimulates brain chemicals, right, that help us to feel, you know, calm and to have a, a stable mood. And it stimulates um, a cortisol awakening response, which, which helps us to feel actually like energized in the morning and throughout the day. Um, and it just like feels really good when there's sun out there as well (laughs) I feel like you're going to be getting so much of it when you're down south I'm very excited for that that was the the big big driver uh more more sun year round Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the quality of life it just is so different And we got so many good questions from everybody on Instagram. So we just want to jump in and answer as many as we can. And if you sent in questions, thank you so much. We love getting to hear your input and then also like including you guys obviously in the episode and the discussion. So we have so many and we're just going to hop right into them. Do you have any tips for girls who have heavy periods but don't want to go on birth control? Yeah, so um, heavy periods are often related to issues with estrogen. Um, So when we have too much estrogen or issues processing estrogen, we can end up getting a lot of thickening of the uterine lining, which leads to heavier bleeds. Um, And really here, I would start with the fundamentals that I, I mentioned. I won't, you know, review them again, but you know, getting blood sugar to a great place um, and all of those things. From there, um, it may be helpful to explore some deeper testing, like I mentioned with the Dutch testing, to get a sense of kind of what's going on for you. But some outward things you could explore if you, you know, didn't have access to testing would be, um, you know, increasing and diversifying fiber intake. So fiber actually helps to um, bind, uh, you know, and eliminate estrogen in a healthy way. Um, other things like bringing in more cruciferous vegetables. So vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, um, kale, bok choy, radishes, arugula. Um, these cruciferous vegetables contain specific compounds that actually help to support and promote healthy estrogen metabolism. Um, ground flaxseed can be another great one that can help with balancing estrogen levels. And then um, 
I think those would be the big ones I might start with. I guess the one other thing I would mention is maybe um, taking a peek at um, endocrine disrupting uh, chemicals in your environment. So just kind of like your exposure to like plastics and synthetic fragrance and things like that, which can um, interfere with estrogen in the body. Yeah, and I feel like I um, also have been, I switched out all of like my cleaning products to Branch Basics because I have heard so much about just like even the things that you use in your house, they can just affect it so much. I love Branch Basics. They're like the one of the cleanest, um, you know, kind of uh, cleaning product out there. And um, they're just a great company. So I really like what they do. And they're actually like effective in terms of helping clean. <laughs> um, and next question, what are your favorite go-to healthy recipes And then in addition to that, what is the best way to balance sweets in your diet? I'm a big fan of doing like a little bit of, not crazy amount, but a little bit of food prep at the beginning of the week just to make my life easier because I don't like to have to, you know, cook and think about what to eat, you know, multiple times in a day. So for breakfasts, um, oftentimes I'll roast like a big tray of um, a starchy vegetable like potatoes or sweet potatoes and I'll also throw like you know some broccoli or peppers in there and then I'll just reheat that in the morning and I'll cook up a couple eggs and throw in some avocado so then I have protein fat you know healthy starchy carb um, for lunches I typically like to to batch prep lunches um, most of the the winter I take advantage of you know soup season and I'll prep like a big pot of um, you know, chili or like a, you know, lentil veggie soup, um, and just kind of heat that up. And then, um, for dinners, typically, um, I'm trying to think of what we've been doing recently. I'll tell you what I ate last night as an example. Um, I did some brown rice pasta with ground beef, zucchini, and uh, mushrooms. So just was able to like, you know, throw everything in the pan with like the ground beef and veggies and then, you know, pasta. And I used some Rayo's red sauce and it was delicious. Yum. I'm going to copy that. (laughs) So good. What is the best way to balance sweets in your diet? So when it comes to to sweets, I think um, sugar and sweets are like super demonized in our world. And I feel strongly that um, you can absolutely enjoy sweets and still feel your best, achieve all your health goals, eliminate symptoms. Um, if you're someone that is experiencing a lot of sugar cravings so like intense sugar cravings that is usually a sign of blood sugar instability um that you know like we've been talking about or under eating um i'll see that manifest as strong sugar cravings often um and when the body's well supported blood sugar is balanced um that gives us a little more clarity around being able to like choose sweets when we actually want them versus having it be like you know coming from the imbalanced blood sugar or under eating. And um, what I recommend there is just bringing some intention and mindfulness to enjoying sweets. So um, if you're going to enjoy something sweet, choose something you really like. Um, Make it a mindful experience in terms of, you know, minimize distractions, you know, plate your sweet, sit down, enjoy it, you know, eat it thoughtfully and, um, you know, kind of assess how your body feels. And it's, again, very possible to eat and enjoy sweets um, and to achieve your goals and to feel good physically. Um, so I'd kind of recommend, you know, those things. Um, the thing is with sweets is it's what I see often with women is that 
with the demonization of sweets, um, women tend to try to like restrict sweets or cut them out entirely, which usually creates this like super vicious cycle of when we are around them, we we overeat them, right? So by just being intentional and allowing yourself flexibility to enjoy some fun foods, to plan to bring in a sweet into your week, um, that often, you know, kind of levels the playing field with foods and gives us the ability to kind of choose and enjoy those things when we really want them. Yeah, I agree. What is the most important daily supplement women should take for hormone health? Love this question. And there are, as you guys know, there are very, very, very few supplements that I would say everyone can benefit from taking. Um, But if there's one thing that I had to recommend for all women that would be very beneficial for both their gut and hormones and a variety of other things, it would be magnesium. Um, Magnesium is like the miracle mineral that all of us are super depleted in. Um, Magnesium is involved in like so many different reactions in the body. And we often don't get enough magnesium because of our soil quality. So soil is just depleted and therefore our food is. And also stress depletes magnesium. So we're all uh, typically walking around pretty magnesium deficient and um, bringing in magnesium. Usually there's a lot of different forms of magnesium. Um, The best one that I recommend starting off that's like really well absorbed and, you know, is nice on the gut is magnesium glycinate. And it can do wonders for the nervous system, for the gut, for your hormones, your period symptoms. So I would start with, with magnesium. I still take my magnesium. Me too. I just ordered a new big container of it. I love that. That like makes me so happy. Next question. Do you recommend cycle syncing for workouts or a regular routine? With cycle syncing, I think this is another thing. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I've seen cycle syncing like blowing up on social media and TikTok. It like came out of nowhere, I feel like. I never knew about it until now. (laughs) It's funny because it's... um, So, you know, cycle syncing for anyone that doesn't know is basically, you know, the idea that we're making supportive shifts with nutrition and lifestyle based on what's happening with hormones throughout the menstrual cycle. And um, I am very much an advocate of making some small adjustments based on where your body is at. I think the way that it's being talked about on social media is not great. um, And it's kind of transformed into some type of rigid diet, of course. Um, But in terms of making adjustments with exercise throughout the menstrual cycle, I am definitely um, an advocate of this. And this might look a little bit different for everyone. But in general, um, in the first part of our cycle, so like the first two weeks, you know, um, after we have our period, um, before we ovulate, this is a time where the body is in a place that Um, If it feels good for you, it can be healthy and supportive um, if you wanted to engage in, um, you know, more more strenuous workouts um, like, you know, lifting or HIIT training or things like that. Um, In the second half of our cycle, so like the two weeks before we actually get our period, um, based on what's going on with hormones, the body is more susceptible to, you know, big swings with blood sugar. There's more inflammation in the body at that time naturally. Um, So like our recovery isn't as great um, and there's all sorts of things going on with hormones. So typically in the week or two before your period, that's a great time to explore um, just lower impact movement, cortisol friendly movement, things that are lighter, like, you know, walking, Pilates, yoga, bar, um, 
what I do find often is that like women are, are doing the same thing with workouts throughout the entire cycle and are like dragging themselves to like hit classes and like crazy spin classes and you know Barry's boot camp and all the things right before they get their period and um you know then their periods are miserable and they feel like crap so um I am definitely an advocate of kind of like lightening up um, the workouts and leaning into lower impact uh, cortisol friendly movement in the second half of the cycle in particular. Like I had my period last week and I remember that right before I got it, we worked out with our trainer, which is more of like a higher impact workout. And I just remember that day, like I was like, oh my gosh, like my body is just so tired. And like after I just like felt like I don't like I just felt like it took I mean I needed to go home and sleep and because then I was also just, your period you, my your period was really so bad. bad for four and I my periods only really last like four days and they're pretty light but all I remember is that I was just like cramps every single day I felt like so bad that's like the perfect example of of what I'm describing and your body was you know kind of communicating with you right it was like I'm, I'm tired I don't know if I want to go do this like intense thing and um so yeah perfect example there and I think um what I really like to encourage women to do is like give yourself permission to take it easy you know give yourself permission to to rest and there's often a lot of benefits to that um and it's actually super common for me to see people have you know miserable periods a lot of like cramping and things like that um when they're doing those really intense workouts you know, pre-period because those intense workouts are a stressor on the body and, you know, they induce inflammation. And if we already have more stress and inflammation at baseline based off what's going on with hormones, it's just going to amplify that. And it's not actually going to have that healthy adaptive effect that we're looking for um, with engaging in that exercise in the first place. I definitely need to be more mindful. The next question is, how can I increase estrogen naturally after losing my period? Yeah, so there's a lot of different reasons why someone may have lost their period. Um, so it's hard for me to provide like super specific recommendations here, but I would say the most common thing I see with an individual losing their period is under eating and over exercising. Um, and when we think about it at the end of the day, our our bodies were hardwired for survival, right? So they want to protect us and keep us safe. And if energy and resources are scarce, one of the first things to go is often the period because the body says, all right, you know, it's not safe for reproduction and we have to prioritize resources to our vital organs and the period and producing sex hormones aren't important. So um, that's the most common reason I'll see those low levels of, of hormones and the period disappear, in which case we really need to focus on nourishment, um, maybe easing up on, you know, workouts or kind of shifting the types of movement that we're doing, you know, more rest, um, more nervous system support. Um, that's probably where I'd I'd start. If you're already doing all of those things, I'd say it probably worth, you know, connecting with a practitioner that can dig a little bit deeper to understand why we're not getting the period. Next question is, what is your opinion on milk and dairy? Yeah, so this is like such a, a loaded uh, question, but dairy in general um, is like very, very, you know, demonized in our world. I feel like everyone is like, you know, against dairy right now. But ultimately, um, good quality dairy in, in terms of like traditional dairy. So like your, um, you know, whole milk Greek yogurt and kefir and, you know, whole milk cottage cheese, things like that. Um, 
these foods actually are incredibly nutrient dense. Um, you know, some of these foods have a lot of great protein. Um, things like Greek yogurt and kefir have great live cultures that help with supporting the gut and the immune system. So our kind of whole good quality uh, dairy products can actually be very beneficial. And um, across the board, data has really found that um, in terms of things like inflammation, that dairy either has like a neutral or a beneficial uh, impact on these things. Um, there are some individuals that can have problems with dairy, the most common issue being um, like a lactose in, you know, intolerance or um, you know, basically what that means is our body isn't producing enough of the right enzymes to break down the sugars in dairy. So, you know, as we get older, we naturally kind of produce less of those enzymes. But if we have gut issues, um, you know, that can happen at, at any time. So, um, some people can have problems with dairy, but if you do tolerate dairy, um, you know, choose good quality dairy in sort of its, its whole or minimally processed form. And that can actually be a really nutritious part of the diet. Um, so it's kind of like a, you know, an it depends situation where some, some individuals can have some problems. Um, certainly if you have a dairy allergy, we cannot consume dairy, but for most women that I work with, um, that are avoiding dairy when we start working together, uh, usually at the end of the day, we're able to liberalize their diet and give them the ability to bring in some good quality dairy products and to enjoy those without symptoms. What are some good quality dairy brands that you recommend? Yeah, great question. So I really like, um, in terms of some big big brands um, that are found in a lot of grocery stores, I really like the Maple Hill Creamery. It's um, organic grass-fed dairy products. So they have like great um, yogurts and milk. Um, for cottage cheese, I really like the Good Culture brand. That's a great brand. Um, so ultimately, you know, quality is what we want to look for. I would say those are two, two common ones. Um, the the kind of gold standard for dairy products is you know organic and and grass fed um so when the animals are grass fed it you know brings more nutrients into the the dairy products um if you don't have access to the grass fed using you know looking for an organic product is you know the next best step um if you don't have access to that or that's not in your budget that's okay too um and trying to look for things that don't have um, you know, a lot of additives. So like, you know, added excess sugars or, you know, added um, fillers, gums, things like that, um, and looking for things kind of in its most, most whole form. Yes, I agree. And next question, best treatment for acne scarring? So for acne scarring, if we no longer have, you know, acne, um, and we've kind of you know, uh, supported that, that root cause that was driving the acne, the scarring may be actually more of a, like a topical situation where, where you may want to meet with an esthetician to kind of work on some of that scarring. Certainly, um, you know, the basics I've described with the diet in terms of like blood sugar, um, and bringing in like more antioxidant rich foods can be helpful for, you know, supporting some of that. Um, but if it's just the scarring, it may need to be a combination of, you know, supporting the body with diet, lots of antioxidants, and then meeting with an esthetician that um, can support the topical stuff. That's what I need to do. <laughs> Next question is, what treatment advice would you give for someone with endometriosis? Great question. So um, with endometriosis, so endometriosis is um, 
talked about often as just kind of like a hormonal uh, condition, but it really involves the immune system, the gut. And first and foremost, honestly, I would really start um, with those fundamentals that I described um, for balancing the gut and hormones. With endometriosis in particular, we also know that the endocrine disruptors, so the things in our environment um, that can interfere with estrogen in the body can, um, you know, drive the progression of things. So starting to maybe do an audit there. But really, I would say focus on the foundation, you know, and then bringing in specific foods as well, like your um, estrogen supportive foods that I mentioned before, flaxseed, cruciferous vegetables, fibers, antioxidants. Um, I would start there and then, you know, I I would definitely recommend working with a, a practitioner to dive deeper into understanding your endodynamic and what's driving symptoms for you there. We work with a ton of uh, women that have endometriosis in our practice um, and have a lot of success with getting them to a great place, giving them the ability to transition off of uh, birth control if that's you know something they're looking to do. Um, I hope that answers the question. <laughs> that's great. And our last question is, what are your thoughts on birth control for women with PCOS or other hormonal imbalances? Yeah, so first and foremost, I, I want to mention across the board that I am never anti-medication um, and I am not anti-birth control by any means. And I very, very much respect every individual's um, autonomy to make a decision around medication and birth control specifically that feels like really good for them. Um, so if we're working with a woman on birth control, off birth control, we will support you with whatever you decide. Um, but the big issue that I have is one, the the lack of informed consent when it comes to birth control in terms of women just not being given all of the information, you know, understanding the implications and potential side effects, understanding all the options out there. So that's one issue I have. And then, you know, the other issue is that, you know, birth control is really kind of being used as the uh, like a treatment for every like health ailment that comes up for women, particularly when it comes to hormones in the period. And the way that particularly the oral contraceptive birth control works is that it shuts off your body's own hormones, right? So it shuts them down, shuts them off. Um, <clears throat> so it really puts a Band-Aid on things or suppresses things. So if you're going on birth control um, for acne or the miserable periods or the lack of a period, um, if we're not understanding and addressing those root causes, when we come off of the birth control, those same things are likely going to pop up and you know come back often with vengeance. So... Um, you know, it's kind of being given given out to women and women are being told like, hey, your only option is birth control. And that's just not true. Um, we work with so many women that, you know, often don't want to be on birth control anymore. And, you know, we're able to help them transition off and actually eliminate symptoms and to not need that. So my thought is really or my, you know, kind of goal is really to just give women all of the information and to let them know that birth control isn't the only option. And there's like a lot of other tools, um, you know, that we have in our toolkit for supporting women. Yeah, I dealt with that a long time ago when I first was on birth control. I was on it for like seven years and I had a symptom like completely unrelated. I was really young and they just gave me birth control to try to help that. And I think that in the end, like once I got off of it years later, I'm now dealing with like the symptoms coming back, but like way worse. Um, but yeah, that's really helpful. 
And that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this episode was so informative and our audience is really going to love it. So I'm very excited. And if you just want to plug your social media and your website, anything and any upcoming things you might have going on. Thank you so, so much for having me. This was really, really fun to be able to chat with you guys and your your community. Um, and in terms of where people can find me, um, I have a website, uh, JillianGreaves.com, where you can learn all about you know the services that we offer in terms of one-on-one coaching. We have a group program. Um, and we also have lots of free resources on the on the website in terms of like articles and guides and things to support you. Um, and you can also follow me on social media. My handle is uh, Jillian Greaves RD. Thank you so much. Thank you. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. And we will see you guys next week. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bye.